0: Song of the soul and
1: we'll sing this song. Wow get ready for a real treat for today's song of the soul Sometimes you just can't deny that you found the real deal, and Sarah Voss of Dead Horses is exactly that. It's magical, the combination of her lyrics, her voice, and the incredible instrumentals that the band creates, putting together intricate musical magic without the overbearing technique so rampant via modern audio editing. I predict their name and music will grow and multiply rapidly as folks come face to face with music that penetrates the skin, inundating the heart and soul. You've got a chance to see them perform in one of the best festivals around at the Great River Folk Festival in La Crosse the last weekend in August 2016. Although you'll usually find Sarah Voss and Dead Horses in the orbit of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, today we're stretching our phone line way down, somewhat shakily, to reach her in the central southern USA. Sarah, I'm absolutely delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: And when I say here, I normally would mean Wisconsin, Milwaukee,
3: which is where I used to live for eight, nine years. That's where you normally hang out. But you're down in Dallas, Texas. And what's the special reason you're down there?
2: That's right. I'm down here visiting my sister and her husband and my niece, Sophie, who's just a six-month old.
3: So I hope you're getting in your diaper changing and other things that you can't do when you're back <laughs> in Wisconsin.
2: <laughs> I am. And I am, I am enjoying it, I'll be honest.
3: Well, the reason I got a hold of you, I hadn't heard of Dead Horses before, your band you're with, but I know that you're going to be at the Great River Folk Festival on August 27th, I think is the day that you're on the stage there. How did you connect up with the Great River Folk Festival? Have you been before?
2: Uh, No, I have not. We do go to the area fairly often to play shows and somebody from the festival had contacted me a few months ago and I checked it out and I saw that one of my friends, Corey Chisel, who is from the Fox Valley in Wisconsin, which is actually where I grew up. I saw that he had done the festival and kind of looked into it and thought it looked like a great opportunity. So we're looking forward to it.
3: There is a lot of great music. I like going there as often as I can. Folks, it's always the last weekend in August in La Crosse, Wisconsin. The website is greatriverfolkfest.org. Remember to check them out. And Dead Horses is just one of the great acts that's going to be there this year. Congratulations on getting that. I was looking at your schedule. You are very, very busy people traveling a lot You know, certainly a lot of your performances are going to be in the Wisconsin area, but you do get around. I noticed one in particular. Your group is Dead Horses, and August 10th, you're going to be down in Denver, Colorado at the Ogden Theater, and you're going to be performing with Trampled by Turtles, and here's the one that caught my attention. Since you're Dead Horses, you're also going to be performing (laughs) with Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, (laughs)
4: <laughs> That's right,
3: horses so. and hand grenades leads to dead horses is what I'm thinking,
4: <laughs>
2: yeah, they're actually good friends of ours too. They're from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, originally, and they started forming right around the same time we did. I also have a kind of a side project with their guitar player, Adam gruel. We do a side project called Rucksack Revolution. So we've done many, many shows together, and it's been neat to see how actually all the bands that are kind of in our circuit of bands touring in the Midwest, how they affect each other, like from the records to the live shows. And now that we're kind of progressing further, we do less things together, but we're certainly excited to be doing, you know, a show with them in Colorado in August, and then We're also doing a show with the same lineup, with Horseshoes and Hand Grenades and Trampled by Turtles in Milwaukee at the Riverside Theater in September, and we just announced that. So, yeah, really, really, really excited about that.
3: some great music. I've heard Trampled by Turtles before. I haven't heard of Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, but maybe that's someone else I'll have to have on my show. Yeah. So, Great River Folk Festival, though, the end of August, a great weekend full of music. You said, Sarah, that the music of the bands touring the Midwest, I think it maybe it interfertilizes, it affects one another. Can you think of another band who mentioned Lord and God quite as much as you do in the songs you write?
2: No, I cannot. <laughs> of the bands, yeah, that I was kind of referencing, I would say that there's definitely more, at least seemingly more, of a spiritual influence there. That's certainly true. And it's really weird because it's not something that I do on purpose by any means. It's just kind of, it's just always been there for me. It's always been a part of who I am. I do it unapologetically, I suppose, and certainly respectfully too, but it's just such a deep part of who I am at my roots that it just comes out. And sometimes it surprises me when people point that out to me because it just seems so natural for me. But ironically, some people think it's kind of like religious, I think. And then I think other people, especially people from my background, hear it and think it's like anti-religious. So to me, that's just kind of like humoring because I don't really, you know, however it comes off, it can come off to anybody the way that they choose to see it. And that's kind of the beauty of art.
3: People do see through their own colored glasses, whatever they are, rose-colored or maybe they're black-colored or maybe the yellow. It's just whatever. People see it with their own tint. But one of the reasons it's so natural for you is you grew up with a preacher father. you say a little bit about that?
2: I feel very blessed to have had the upbringing that I did. Yeah, my father was a pastor at a Christian church. So I grew up living next door to the church in the parsonage. I also went to Christian school up until high school and it was the kind of, you know, it was a kind of church that was a little bit secluded in a way like it was very much its own. It, I was living in a bubble. I think it was very 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 sheltered for much of my life. And that's kind of, you know, that is what it is, but at the same time, probably one of the best things about it was that music was a part of everything. So that meant sitting in church, you know, at least once a week, seeing hymns sitting next to my mom who was singing harmony parts to the hymns, and then singing in school every day and memorizing hymns and being in choirs or handball choirs or anything, basically, that I could do. So that was a huge blessing.
3: And so you're growing up with these Christian hymns as part of your background. When did you start writing your own songs?
2: I think really young. Like, I I think I couldn't even say for sure I know I was, like, trying to write stuff even as a very young child, but I know that I got, like, a. I used to get a toy guitar for my birthday every year, even maybe when I was, like, six or seven or eight. And I would write just little, like, melodies. When I got a little bit older, maybe 11 or 12, got, like, a quote-unquote real guitar. And I think I still have some papers with just, I would write chord progressions, so not even words, but just experimenting around with them. I think I always wanted to be able to write songs. Certainly through adolescence and puberty, wrote a ton of songs and also became introduced to a lot of new kinds of music. Things like the internet, I was maybe 11 or 12 when I could start using the internet and therefore explore endless types of music. That was such a huge thing. It went from you can only hear what's on the radio or what's in church to you can search anything that you can think of and listen to it. And then I've I've just been writing since and I write tons. Like most of it doesn't really stick around. In fact, a lot of the songs on our new record that's coming out, some of those are three years old and they just didn't get looked at by the band until, you know, this last year. But I think that's kind of cool, too, because I think those songs kind of withstood this test of time. You know, relatively short amount of time, but yeah.
3: Well, you know, Sarah, Peter and Daniel are both wonderful musicians. I've experienced that in all the songs I've listened to. It's just, you're curling my toes with delight. (laughs) And of course, and your voice at the center of it. So beautiful. So why don't you get us started with your first song for your Song of the Soul? How do you want to start out, Sarah?
2: Yeah, let's do All I Really Need to Know. This was a song that I wrote more recently. I wrote it last summer. And it's definitely kind of a a soul searching psalm going through a breakup asking a question that i think is a very very human question to ask and it's you know it's part of the refrain so it gets repeated over and over and over again and that question is am i meant to be alone and the chorus always comes to a conclusion of we are all in heaven lord told me so that's all i really need to know yeah here it is
0: best Try to listen to the wispy wind of the west Following Carry your star Maybe I'm made to be Share your flame where you cast your light Gather your air and gather your bow Pierce me with your sin Pierce me with your soul I guess I'll never really know
3: The voice and a heart and a musical sense like that. I can't really believe that Sarah Voss is made to be alone, but that's what she sings in that song, All I Really Need to Know. And again, Sarah Voss is with us here for Song of the Soul. She's part of a group called Dead Horses. I got to ask you about that in a moment, but that song is from Cartoon Moon, which is your new CD which is not quite released, but some people have. So it seems like you're giving away with one hand and holding tightly with the other one. What's that about, Sarah?
2: (laughs) That's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, we recorded the record at the end of 2015 down in Nashville. You know, we're still, I'll be kind of frank, like we're still kind of figuring out how everything works and how to plan ahead to release a record as successfully as you can. So essentially, we needed a little bit more time to set up the record in terms of publicity and getting it out across the country, because that's what we'd like to do. We'd, We'd like to release the record and travel around the country and put it out there. So in order to do that, we needed a little bit more time and a little bit of help. That delayed everything, but we were kind of thinking there's no way we can sit on this record for another four or five months. So we came to kind of a compromise that we would start selling the record at shows but not do a full release until the fall.
3: Well, with great songs like that on it, it's going to go super quickly. So there's some things about that that I'm wondering what they actually mean to you. The religious and spiritual imagery and it really works for me. I'm not sure what other people make of things like, <laughs> We're all in heaven, Lord told me so. <laughs> What, what I'm not that sure be? either. You're not sure. Um,
2: to, to me, what, it's really funny. I think it's kind of a subtle line, even though to me that's kind of like the answer to the question. Like, am I made to be alone? I think the answer is we're already in heaven. That's all I need to know. Like, Meaning everything as is as it should be. Meaning I don't need to worry about anything. Every Everything is the way that it's supposed to be. I'm exactly where I need to be. I have exactly what I need. And therefore, it's kind of this like reassurance to the other question, which is also absolutely okay to ask and it's okay to hurt. I think generally my spirituality and a lot of the themes that I come back to in my songs have to do with this kind of on some level, like a dualism, like here's one side and here's the other side. And you know what? At the end of the day, they're the same. I don't know though. I think that people overlook a lot of the lines that I place in there, like the line that you just pointed out we're all in heaven, Lord told me. So I think a lot of times people don't even, and maybe I'm underestimating or misunderstanding, but I think a lot of times they miss that and they grab a hold of the line that is kind of the most out there, which is maybe I'm meant to be alone. But yeah, when you dig a little bit deeper, you see that there's other little things that are put in there. If you want to hear them, if they speak to you, and if they don't, that's okay to you. A lot of people, I think, come to see us play because they think we have a fun show and you know, they certainly love to watch Dan play his bass and Pete play his guitar. And I think a lot of people don't dig in too deeply to the lyrics, and a lot of people do. And I think it's all good either way.
3: <laughs> well, and since you're here for Song of the Soul, you can be sure I will be digging deeply into the words. <laughs> so the lyrics will always right mean a lot to me. And we're going to go yeah. right on to another song because I want to get in as much music of yours as we can. So. yeah. So what's next Definitely. from Sarah Boss and Dead Horses?
2: Yeah, let's do uh, the song Ain't Got Time. Ain't Got Time is is kind of a, a look at the way that our culture is functioning, and it's a song that's it's meant to be ironic in form. It's also a really, really fun song to play.
3: So ironic in the sense that we do have time, but because we're not, as Eastern philosophy would have it, be here now. People don't do exactly. that very often. Exactly,
2: exactly. That's exactly it. You you've got this, Mark. <laughs> you have got me figured
3: out. <laughs> well, I've been listening to the music and just feeling like there's a part of your soul that I know so well and I it just it glows. And so I love to hear it, see it, and so I think I we should let other people hear and see it too. It's kind of fun, it's kind of ironic, and it's really deep. The song is Ain't Got Time by Dark Horses, written by Sarah Voss. And I've
0: been walking on the water's surface, Lord, you know I ain't got time. And I've been playing it Time. And I've been digging-
3: Is Ain't Got Time. That end of that song actually went in a direction I hadn't expected when I got, you know, over halfway through and it switches into <laughs> instrumental mode and speeds up because I think someone thinks they don't have time. So, <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Uh,
3: who is You're that right. doing the banjo? Is that Peter who's doing the banjo? He's no,
2: that's, no, it's actually his name is Noam Pekelny. I would say he's one of the best banjo players alive right now. He plays in Punch Brothers. He does a lot of solo work, too, but he's pretty much, you know, he's like, perhaps, I hesitate to say this, but it's whatever, he's perhaps like the next Bayless Fleck. He's just an astounding, astounding banjo player, and we don't know him. He just happened to live near our producer, And he was willing to come in and listen to the song a few times and put down some tracks. And we feel really honored to have him be on the record.
3: I was interested at your choice and going into the instrumental and then speeding up. I mean, that that shift from what you were, it's kind of lackadaisical. I ain't got time going along. And then you kind of go into this more energetic bluegrass tinged music. Was that your original intention when you wrote it?
2: No, I don't think so. I think when I wrote it, and this is another song, too, that's actually fairly old, and it's had time to really, really blossom at live shows. I mean, we've probably played it hundreds of times live before recording it, and I think my original intention was to just let there be an instrumental part there and let it blossom itself. I don't think I had any super big ideas about it besides the key changes to a major, so I had that idea and besides that it really has evolved very, very, very organically.
3: Hey, I was wondering if Noam came in and ended up producing a dynamic changing the music as well.
2: No, I mean he really came in and we left spaces for him to put his parts and he sat down and just did this like funky banjo is how I thought of it, especially on the you know, the latter half of the song. And then we kind of tightened up parts that we did too, but he's just such an incredible musician that he can listen once or twice and just go. It's incredible watching him record his parts for that were that was like one of the coolest musical experiences i've I've ever had.
3: Great musicians are just so wonderful to be around just to experience the creativity and the power that they channel through their instruments. But your lyrics in there, I would say quirky to say the least, unexpected images. So, you know, drinking from my dirty well. I mean, really? (laughs) You know, playing with a dirty deck of cards and Mm -hmm. digging holes in your backyard. Are any of those things that you actually do?
2: (laughs) That's really funny. Now, I think that they were all pretty metaphorical, but some of them I think pretty clear. I mean, to me drinking from a dirty well. I mean, you could take that a lot of ways, but what inspired me to write that was just water.
3: I thought maybe you were living in Flint, Michigan.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's that's exactly what I'm talking about though, you know? Yeah. And certainly, you know, I wrote that before the Flint crisis, but yeah, that was certainly a conscious reference towards water and the crisis that we're kind of having, but we don't have time to deal with, and how quite ironic that is.
3: But I think you're doing it on both levels, right? It's the kind of literal water crisis, but it's also the spiritual dirty water, right?
2: Absolutely. Yeah, definitely.
3: (laughs) Well, I do want to remind our listeners that you're tuned in to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. On the web, you find us at northernspiritradio.org with 11 years of our program's. Free for your listening and download, so tune in to You can get all of these programs going back 11 years. There's connections to our guests, so when you want to get a hold of Dead Horses, they're pretty easy to spell, deadhorses.net. If you have a question, come via northernspiritradio.org, and that org is like in organic. And you'll find the link to Sarah and Peter and Daniel and Dead Horses. Also, on our site, there's a place to post comments, and we do prefer two way communication. When you visit, please post a comment. Let us know what you're thinking and what you'd like. And also, there's a place to donate. That's how this full time work is supported, it's not by government. It's not by corporations. It's because you, the listener, think that this is something that needs to be out there. So please donate when you come. Even more important, though, and I'm sure that Sarah and Dead Horses experience this, when you go to a local community, you'll find the local community radio stations. They provide a slice of music and of news that you get nowhere else. It's so invaluable to keep our local communities thriving we want to have local media, and your community radio station is exactly that. So please remember to support them both from your wallet and from your hands whenever you have the opportunity. Again, Sarah Voss is here. She's a member, and I guess I'd say lead member. She's certainly the lead voice of Dead Horses. Deadhorses.net is their website. They're going to be performing at the Great River Folk Festival on August 27, 2016, in La Crosse, Wisconsin. There's a great lineup there. Go to greatriverfolkfest.org to find the full lineup. So we've got Ain't Got Time, and because I feel like we ain't got time, I want to keep hurrying Mm -hmm. on to more music. Could you share another song with us for Song of the Soul?
2: Sure, yeah. Let's do the song Deep Blue Sea.
3: You know, you're going to make my heart vibrate just thinking of this song, so maybe it's best that I don't put the words to it. Let's go floating out on the deep blue sea with Sarah Voss and Dead Horses.
0: And if you find yourself weary, if find yourself broken down, brother, you're not alone. Brother, you know, Brother, you're not. Alone. Brother, you're not- And if you find yourself heartbroken, a sinner in a sacred place, Sister, you are safe. Sister, you are safe. Sister, you are safe. Sister, you are safe.
3: Deep Blue Sea by Dead Horses and Sarah Voss in particular, who's my guest for Song of the Soul. I don't think in that song you at all say God or Lord or anything, but I have exactly the feeling of being deeply cradled in the divine in that song did you write it as reassurance for other people or yourself? I mean you you address it to brother and sister, but you know you're not alone. Is that a message you're giving to someone else? Is is this a sermon or um, is the, or is this self-talk?
2: I think all of the above. I think all of the above for sure. And I think that that says a lot to when we do, you know, like mission work or when we do service for other people. We are helping them, and in helping them, we are helping ourselves. So me singing the song where I keep saying, like, Mother, you're not alone, brother, you're not alone, is saying that indeed, but it's also telling myself I'm not alone too. So I would, I would say D, all of the above.
3: <laughs> Again, your your father was a preacher, and you mm-hmm. grew up Lutheran, Wisconsin Synod mm-hmm. Lutheran, if people know what that is. But you've wandered quite a bit since then. How about giving folks some idea of who the Sarah Voss of today is compared to what you grew up in? What's your age?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm 28, almost 29. Spent the, you know, really the first 18 years of my life very involved in the Christian church and specifically, you know, Wisconsin Synod Lutheran for the early part of those years and then kind of branching out always towards, you know, the more Bible-believing churches. And even when I went off to college in Milwaukee, I was still active in a church that was, you know, as they could say, non-denominational, but pretty conservative in their actual beliefs, but very, very all about, especially the church I was attending in Milwaukee, Epicos is the name, very, very much about serving others and social justice. And I loved that about the church that I was going to at the time. At some point, kind of, you know, really, I hesitate to use the word strayed, and I also see this as a pretty sensitive topic because it does mean so much to so many people. But I started exploring other ways of thinking, certainly, and none of them are anti Jesus or anti Christianity. I feel very, very blessed that I grew up with that and that it is indeed still part of my life, but I have had a lot of fun. And quite a lot of fulfillment in spending a lot of my 20s exploring, you know, things like Buddhism, a lot of Alan Watts, a lot of Eastern thought and philosophy. And then even comparing that to things that Jesus said has been pretty wonderful. And and remembering that you never get to a place where you know everything and that everything makes sense to you as an individual, because I honestly believe that the idea of individualism and the idea that you are separate than anything else is to some degree a farce. And I think that that's hard for us to understand living the way that we do currently live. And I don't, you know, don't get me wrong, I also don't think there's anything wrong with individualism. I think that it is what it is. But I do believe very, very strongly that we're all part of one whole. And anything that disconnects us from each other is truly what causes suffering. But I'm certainly on a journey of discovering what I actually think about everything and I think as long as you're still on that journey, then I think everything's gravy <laughs> because I think it's once you think that you've got it all figured out, I think that's what's dangerous, personally.
3: Yeah, put it in a box and pretty much that'll cut out the light from getting in and it'll die. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I also see it as working. Uh, As I told you before we got on the air, Sarah, I'm Quaker, which one of the things that was absolutely necessary for me is to find an environment where the best in me is lifted up, but without telling me what the best is, but rather helping me experiment and learn what was right for me. Well, speaking of journeys, we should continue a little bit further on your musical journey and I think you've got another song for us. What is it?
2: Let's do uh, the song Kickapoo Creek. And this actually does relate a lot to like spiritual journeys. I should also mention that certainly that has been very, very influenced by touring, you know, and by playing. We play around the whole country, but we spent a lot of the last few years right here in the Midwest. And meeting people and then experiencing, like, different areas of the country or different areas of the region. I'm very, very interested in how those areas affect the people and the communities living in them. And the song Kickapoo Creek is kind of my ode to the Driftless region. Specifically, you know, there's the Kickapoo River. I had gone to a festival called Larry Fest near Hillsboro, which is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. And just so I'm so moved by that area. It's both in terms of the land, how beautiful it is, to the communities. The communities are just they're very progressive but also a small town feeling. I had been just so very moved by traveling there throughout the last few years and I went to this festival and I kept hearing people talk about bathing in the Creek, which is part of, you know, the Kickapoo River. So I went home and it was one of those songs that just kind of like, just popped right out. It probably only took, you know, less than a half an hour to write it, the first, you know, the first draft. And yeah, it's a fun song to play. I'm really happy it's on the record and it's my love song for the Driftless.
3: It's time to dive into some wonderful waters. Kickapoo Creek by Dead Horses. I just
0: want to go where the grass is green and enough. Outside my window I just wanna feel dirt on my hand in the green green valley of the fertile land right outside. sad
3: Those of you who don't know the Driftless area, you're woefully ill-informed on the important things in life. (laughs) That song was Kickapoo Creek, and it was written by Sarah Voss, performed by Dead Horses. Uh, So if you go over to places like Gays Mills or Viroqua or any of the towns, villages, cities around that area, you're in for a treat. Sarah, I think you captured it so well in that song. Thank you. Yeah, and did you actually get in the creek? Were you? Was this only metaphorical, diving into the water? I,
2: I actually did not get in the creek last year. I probably should have. I was probably, it was, you know, it was close to 100 degrees, if I recall, on that, on that day. And I don't think I did get in the water, but we're going back again this year, so I, I think that's going to have to happen.
3: And you mentioned Larry Fest, but people may not know what Larry Fest is.
2: Wow, Larry Fest is just one of the best festivals I've ever been to. If you don't know what it is, that doesn't surprise me because they don't have to really promote it. They don't have to put it in newspapers or publications or online advertisements because it really is a word of mouth festival. It's very, very family friendly. It's one of my favorites. It's in the Kickapoo Valley and it's kind of. The way that there's like one main stage and the way it's set up, it's the earth is kind of formed into a bowl. So there's this natural reverberation to all, all the vibrations, specifically voices just sound incredible there. But you can find it online if you look up Larry Fest. I'm sure you'll find it. And, and it's just, it's incredible. It's, you can bring your kids, you can bring your pets. It's just an amazing time. It's in August.
3: And something I meant to ask you back at the beginning of the interview was Dead Horses. Where did this name come from?
2: It is a tribute to the fallen horses of war throughout time. So it's as simple as that. (laughs) It's a tribute to fallen (laughs) war horses. Whenever I try to go further than that, I always put my foot in my mouth and it is that simple.
3: And you were the one who came up with the name or who did?
2: No, actually, someone who's not in the band anymore, who he played in the first couple years, he came up with it, and we definitely have considered, you know, is it right to keep using the name? We've talked about that a lot, and specifically more recently, I have done some soul-searching with that and come to the conclusion that it absolutely is okay to keep the name because that is who we are, and it is the same project, and all things are fluid, and they evolve, and they change, and... Dead horses will never be, you know, one person. It's our name, you know.
3: (laughs) I've got to warn you that what I'm about to say is a little bit cheesy, but, you know, I'm I'm glad that you've put that to rest because talking about this over and over again has been beating a dead horse.
2: Exactly. (laughs)
3: Totally cheesy. Okay. (laughs)
2: No, I like it. I have heard that one before, though, (laughs) Mark. Okay,
3: so I'm I'm not totally original. Uh,
2: (laughs) None of us are.
3: And one more thing I wanted to ask you was, there's spiritual religious overtones in basically every song that you do. And I understand that this is your background, is it also background for Peter and Daniel? Is this something you have to drag them kicking and screaming into doing uh, songs that include Lord and God in?
2: Not at all, no. They are wonderful. Pete grew up very, 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 very secular, just in the sense of he just never went to church. Like, But he also wasn't, I don't think he was taught anything like church is bad either. I think he could have decided to go at any time he wanted Dan's parents are fairly spiritual people. I think he grew up going to church, but it's really interesting, Mark, because I think you're very, very aware of all the things that you're hearing in the music that seem spiritual to you, but I would point out that I think to those who it doesn't speak to them personally, I think a lot of times they just don't even hear it. Like, it's just, they don't hear it, and it's, it's not like a huge thing. Either that or Dan and Pete, they let me be who I am, and I couldn't be more thankful for that, and, and I couldn't love them more for that. I'm so, so appreciative for having the relationships with them that I do. It's, it's very, very special. It's so intimate. Like We spend so much time together, but it, there's so much respect, and we have a lot of fun together, and we've experienced so many things together. And, and One thing I would have to say is they really do let me be who I am. Man, I could almost get emotional talking about that. It's <laughs> it's almost true. Sarah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I am <laughs> well what I mean is I could almost cry <laughs> talking about that.
3: Are they better but, yeah. than brothers?
2: They are brothers. Is there anything better than brothers? <laughs> They're wonderful.
3: Well, speaking of brothers, you told me in advance you have one more song that you mm-hmm. can finish with. And guess what the name is?
2: It's called Brothers.
3: You want to tell us a little bit about it before we play it out?
2: Sure, yeah. This is also another, this this is an older one. It's older in the sense, we just recorded it, but I wrote it several years ago, and it's about life on the road. It's kind of a more Bob Dylan-y tune, like in terms of the way it's set up and the kind of the vibe, especially of the lyrics and the singing. It's about being on the road. It's about being in love and then about not being in love. And it's about brothers
1: And so that's how we're going to finish off Sarah Voss's Song of the Soul. She's part of Dead Horses, and their website is deadhorses.net. As always, you can find a link to them via Nordenspiritradio.org. You really do want to follow up with these folks, because we've just scratched the surface of Dead Horse's music today, and you can maybe even be at the official release party for their latest CD, Cartoon Moon, which is where all of today's songs are from. On their site, you can also check out their older recordings, Space and Time, and Back to Life. So much great music you've been producing, Sarah, and I just love the way that your soul shines through these songs. Thank you so much for joining me today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance today, and we'll see you next week for Song of the Soul, Brothers, by Sarah Voss and Dead Horses.
0: Don't cry for me, lover. Don't shed a tear Let your laughter ring out I can hear it in my ears